If you have been asking if healing is real, stick around and find out that healing is for real. And we don't mean maybe. My name is Tony. And I am Zin. And we are two witnesses and representatives of the miraculous gospel of healing. All right, and we have maybe the conclusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe the conclusion um, of the end times, which, hey, we just used that to attract you. You wouldn't know what we were talking about if we didn't use end of times. So, end Indeed. of the Indeed. age, which is exactly what it was. This is the conclusion. We're going to talk about the ascension and the second mm -hmm. coming of Christ or lack thereof. So, and this with is, that, this is a. By the way, I'm Tony topic. Myers. I'm the BAM. <laughs> and boom comes the explosion. I'm and seeing, I seeing jumped the gun on that, but that's okay. Zane, that is fine, man. Start us fine. off, please. So, we we thought about the last the last few episodes. We have been trudging through and journeying through this end times, end times special, really, brother. What do you think about it? What do I think about it? Yeah, we shouldn't be waiting. We need to stop the waiting foolishness. Oh, there you go. Exactly right. <laughs> so this, have, this year... We have full access because God's kingdom has come fully. The garden is within us. 100%. There is nothing outside of ourselves that we are waiting on. Yeah. We are not waiting on another circumstance. We are not waiting on anything because everything mm -hmm. is accessible now. The garden is within us. And um, here's one thing I'm going to throw out there. Jesus made the statement that the kingdom of God comes without observation. Mm-hmm. He never rescinded that statement, folks. He never said that there would be a literal new city of Jerusalem. It was not meant to be taken literally. That's true. At all. All of this is... You get this from a lack of understanding. The book of Revelation, complete lack of understanding and falling into the Western mindset, the John Nelson Darby mindset, which was cuckoo. Mm -hmm. And that holds people back from walking in the fullness of Christ. 
and walking you know, as a fullness of the spirit and that's no, why that, we're doing this on that Go note you just hit there on that note you just hit there it's very interesting how as believers we have a tendency to see that all creation awaits the manifestation of the sons yet we look into escape yet we think that jesus is actually going to come and take us if the sons have not manifested where are we going <laughs> the creation need us jesus is going to take us out of the creation when the creation need us something wrong with these perspectives exactly right and that's the problem and that's why we are not seeing what we should be seeing because we've had the wrong perspective we've been believing the wrong things we've been believing the functional truth not the spiritual truth you've been b believing what man thinks is the truth which is actually a huge lie we we say we 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 we, we imagine that we have been taught that jesus says i give you authority but everything that we pro proclaim in western community is wait for jesus to come pick you up actually i'll tweak that a little bit everything that most proclaim is that the devil has all the authority and we ain't got none <laughs> that's, that's so true <laughs> that is so true that is so true no, I was going to actually start here today on the idea of dealing with. I said, you know, maybe I should start with checking out or get giving context to the to the ascension. But I had a change of heart. We'll start from the second coming and we work it back. <laughs> <laughs> right. So. This is to actually, we ended the last episode actually showing that there is no temple in Jerusalem. Jesus is watching this temple. He said, these bricks, these stones, will not one will be left upon another. And so Josephus, Flavius Josephus did report that the bricks were thrown down and the gold in the temple melted between the stones. Fulfilled in 780. Now, I want to take to, for those of you, the water out here might shock your mind a little bit and short circuit the, 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 the futurist mindset that you have. But, but we need to do this. Let's go to Revelation 21. I want to read the first few, 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 few verses. Revelation 21 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, colon, which means what follows after the colon is an expansion or an, or an elaboration. And after that, it says, For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Now, when we read that in Western culture, we think that we will have no more ocean. Because you are Greco-Roman, a member of the Greek Roman civilization, and the only context that you have for sea is the ocean. But I come back to that, hold on to that thought, because once we identify what that is, then we further nail this down to the ground and show 
that this end time doom that we're speaking about is not coming. It has been it has been fulfilled, and we are post that. And it will also show how far Western Christian doctrine is from actually doing what Jesus said to do. It goes on and it says, and I, and I John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard, he saw the city, I heard. So he saw, and now what he's hearing is giving him context to what he sees. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. That is not Christ in you there, right? Okay. <laughs> right. And he will dwell with them. And they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Didn't Paul say something like that? All things are passed away. All right. But that is a prophecy. Paul is actually, sorry, not Paul, John. Is hearing something that was prophesied by the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 65. We're going back to Isaiah chapter 65. Well, you gotta take my word for it, eh? grab your Bible and check it out. This is what it says, reading from verse 17. So behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. Colon, and the former shall not be remembered. Now you might ask, new heavens, new earth, what is he speaking about? Pay attention to the context of the text. We write these Old Testament or the scriptural authors, both Torah as well as prophets, even New Testament authors, they tend to use the scriptural literary construct when they write in letters as well. And right here, what you're going to see is a parallelism. So it says, for behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. And the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. What is he speaking about? Let's read on. But be ye glad and rejoice for, forever in that which I create. So here's a hint that shows what, I'm, what he's about to say here. It's saying the same thing in a different way. He starts off, behold, I create new heavens and new earth. Then there's a, then, then, then there's a colon. And then after he says what he says... He starts, he starts saying again, but be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing. Okay, so the new heavens and the new earth is connected. He's now paralleling new heavens and new earth with Jerusalem. Okay. And join my people, and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. So that's the same thing he's speaking about. There shall be no more weeping, no more crying. As Isaiah 65, 17. Okay. Now, here's some points to note here. Number one, heaven and earth is parallel with Jerusalem. Also, he says, I don't mean to hear this, but I had to hit it. 
pwede. <laughs> he says, "What be glad and rejoice forever." Sorry, before he goes up, that was that was eighteen. Verse nineteen, verse seventeen. Back to verse seventeen, he says, "So behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind." Then he says, "The new heavens and the new earth is Jerusalem, which means the former Jerusalem." shall not be remembered nor come into mind. Now, that means that if I actually show you what I, what I need to show you here, then we need to question this whole argument of Gaza. This Gaza war going on. Because right now we're seeing everybody joining in the argument to say that that is fulfillment of prophecy. So let me show you something. So we know that Isaiah 65 is quoted by Revelation 21. But Revelation 21 says something that most Westerners don't understand. And they don't know that they don't understand because they believe that they could read the Bible using their English understanding. It says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So we know from Isaiah, he's speaking about Jerusalem. For the first earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. So we've seen here a new Jerusalem for the first Jerusalem passed away. Okay. Then he says, and there was no more sea. Now when you hear that, you think ocean. No. Sea, in the context of the scriptures, refers to the huge cauldron that was on the left-hand side of the temple door. King Solomon built a huge bronze cauldron I was standing on 12 molden bulls. It was called the sea. They use it for purification. You might believe me. So let's go to 1 Kings 7. I'm just going to read it for you. Because <laughs> what, 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 you what, what you're going to see here is that there was no more sea. And if you're really speaking about what we're talking about, then if there is no sea standing on that spot there right now, then we're in the new Jerusalem. And the old Jerusalem is supposed to forget. For it passed away. So whatever going on in Gaza is a human argument. Watch. <laughs> it says here, we're reading from, let's read from verse 20, 23. This is, no. 1 Kings 7, by the way, is the chapter in 1 Kings that explains what King Solomon was creating, how he created it, and the articles that he created that came together for the fruition of the full, of, of, of the full temple. Here he says, I'm going to read from, let's say we read from verse 21. It says, and he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple. He set up the right pillar and called the name thereof Jashin. And he set up the left pillar and called the name thereof Boaz. And upon the top of the pillars were lily work, was lily work, so was the work of the pillars finished. And he made a molten sea, ten cubits from the one brim to the other. It was round all about. His height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits did compass it round about. And under the brim of it, round about, there were, there were knobs compassing it. 
Tenena Cubit compassing the sea round about. The knobs were cast in two rows when it was cast. It stood upon twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, three looking towards the, to, towards the west, three looking towards the south, three looking towards the east, and the sea was set above upon them, and all the hinder parts were inward. And it was in and it was an hand it was an hand breath thick, and the brim thereof was wrought like the brim of a cup. Of the flowers of lilies, it contained two thousand baths. Okay, so therefore we know that the temple contained a sea. We know that Genesis says the garden was called heaven and earth. Therefore, if the temple was the garden, then we know the temple is heaven and earth. The earth was the structure, and heaven was the spirit of God coming into the structure. Heaven and earth. We go back to Revelation now, and what we see here in Revelation, it says, the old, I saw a new heaven, a new earth. What's reading it here? A new heaven, a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea, which means there was no more necessity for purification. With the sea, because the sea represented, it would contain baths. That was actually for purification. There was no more sea. So if there's no more sea standing in Jerusalem, because there's no more temple, and there's no more necessity, necessity to use that water to purify, then by default, we know that we are in the new heavens and the new earth. Because the colon indicates expansion. And therefore, the first line, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth, colon, the expansion indicates that the, the new one could only exist in the absence of the old. So if the, if the old one is absent, then the new one is present. Therefore, now it makes sense why John says, and I, and I John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, which means a whole argument concerning Gaza, concerning Jerusalem, is a human argument. It is not fulfilling scriptural prophecy. It is in contravention to scriptural prophecy. According to this, if the New Jerusalem, he sees the New Jerusalem, he hears, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Then he says, and he, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their Elohim, be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and shall no more, there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Which is exactly what Paul was saying. That old things are passed away. And then he says this, and he sat upon the throne, and he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto him, Right, for these words are true and faithful. He said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He says, This is where it comes into into comes into combination here. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. 
There are two things to note here. And I wouldn't bother to go into the ascension here because we're running on time here too. <laughs> the two things, because the ascension, we could pull out apart and show you that the ascension was fulfillment of Daniel when the son of man would sit on his throne and the interpretation that Gabriel gave is not what believers are saying today. The interpretation that Israel gave is that the Son of Man was supposed to sit on the throne. And the interpretation was that Jesus would be on the earth through the saints. Go read it for yourself. But anyway, coming back to what we're saying here. The two things to note here. Number one, the writer of Hebrews chapter one indicates that that prophecy, I shall be, I shall be to him a father, he shall be to me a son, applies to all New Covenant believers. Number two, when John says, when John says, he that overcometh, go back to John's books, and you notice that he that overcometh is actually a reference to those who take on the name of Yeshua. Mm -hmm. So according to this, I didn't even touch the book of Revelation yet. I just took it on Revelation 21 and 22. <laughs> according to this, we, if the old one is not there and there's no more C, then we need new. So this whole future eschatology is very, 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 very misplaced. And we wait, you're waiting for something that is not going to happen. I drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. It's finished. It's complete. And when we take on his name, then we walk in it. Period. Full stop. <laughs> Full stop. Now and that and that and those two chapters actually show that the believers have this name written on their forehead. And they're supposed to be ruling. How is an escape rulership? Explain that. Right. Exactly. Now, let me ask you this. Can you, in five minutes, explain in Acts how uh, the angel tells the disciples, why are you looking up? Just as he left, he shall return. In, 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 in a very simple way, what is mentioned of, as I mentioned, Jesus' ascension is actually fulfillment of scripture. Jesus did not ascend because he just wanted to show he is a boss. He was fulfilling scripture, right? And the ascension of Jesus actually was supposed to represent that humanity through Yeshua has now been restored to their place and they're seated on the right hand of God. Now, the book of, book of Daniel actually explains it. The angel explained in the book of Daniel that the, um, Jesus sitting on his throne equals authority for the saints and that the kingdom is theirs. That's my first point. Number two, Jesus's, Jesus's um, return, his second coming, is actually also called 
or through the New Testament, the day of the Lord. We, because we interpret the New Testament without scripture, we have taken on our own interpretation of what those angels said concerning the day of the Lord. And so what we have been what we have been taught that the day of the Lord is our salvation. The day of the Lord is not is not also is also not a term that is used in scripture. Sorry, it's not a term that is used only in the New Testament. The day of the Lord has been used many times in the Old Testament. Right. And in no case did the day of the Lord did anybody appear in the sky. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 24 itself, Jesus says that the Son of Man shall be likened to when in the days of Noah. Did anybody appear in the sky in the days of Noah? There's no record of anybody appearing in the days of the sky. But we overlook it because we're trying to get confirmation for somebody appearing in the sky. Jesus himself makes reference to Noah and shows and actually showed that um, the same thing that happened in the days of Noah, where everybody would be busy, is exactly what Peter and these guys were speaking about concerning everybody would be given to marriage and all of these different things. The same reason that Paul is telling the believers, focus, stay together, so that when the time comes, we can move as we can move as a unit. Jesus makes reference to that and said, so the Son of Man, the coming of the Son of Man, would be like that. What took place was that the rain began to fall. Everybody had to actually find safety because of the, the oncoming destruction. So Jesus references the son of the coming of the Son of Man to that. There's nobody, there's nobody coming in the sky. There's nobody appearing in the sky. Then the day of the Lord was have, have been used many times for the prophets. And in each case, the day of the Lord was used, and and um, and the the phrase that um that the Lord is coming on a cloud, coming on the cloud was used twice by prophets in the Old Testament. In all, in both cases, it meant the destruction of your nation. In addition to that, Jesus actually also attributes that the sun will be darkened, and, and there will be no stars in the sky, and all of that. Two. The coming of the Son of Man. If you go back in the Old Testament, that was used twice. That's prophetic tombs that were that was actually taken from Israel's um, Joseph's dream of Israel. You remember when Joseph dreamt Israel and he saw he saw the sun and the moon, the star, uh, um, sorry, the moon and the stars and so on. The prophets used the symbology of that dream. Since it was used of Israel, anytime it's referring to a nation rising, it's, it would say that, the, that the, the stars will shine and the sun will, the, um, sorry, the stars will rise and the sun will shine. And if the nation is going to fall, it says that the sun will be darkened and the stars will fall. It's verbiage that comes from that dream that Joseph had that is used to represent a nation, since Israel is a nation, or was actually prophesied to be a nation as well, to indicate. A destruction coming upon your land. So when we say, when he says that the same same Jesus 
that actually you see that goes is going to come that actually is related directly to daniel's vision according to my understanding of jesus actually coming through the scenes and being on the earth through the scenes and having dominion through the scenes the, re the return in particular with regards to sorry i i, I mixed two things there my mind right so i wasn't i was just in daniel <laughs> <laughs> right so the, the coming the coming of man or, or sorry the jesus um, jesus returning in particular is parallel in the new testament with the day of the lord as well as the darkening of the sun and the moon and so on those three things are one and and and, and um in the Old Testament, it's actually always used towards not just randomly destruction of a nation. What is actually what it actually implies is that the knowledge of good and evil that exists, the presence of the Lord is actually going to destroy the knowledge of good and evil. In the same way that the presence of the Lord, Yeshua, not a man standing in the sky, but the presence of, of God is what is actually eliminating the knowledge of good and evil. So it was simply to communicate that what is taking place is actually fulfillment of garden fulfillment and not random. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yes. And now I'm going in one quick uh Eraser, I'm going to destroy most of the verses that they use to say the second coming. And that is, there's 24 times the word parousia is used. 22 times by most translations, I'll accept two translations. It is totally wrong in that it denotes either the second coming of Christ or the coming of judgment. Those 22 times, that is not what is the word parousia meant at all. What the word right. parousia meant was intimate connection, immediate presence. It had nothing mm. to do with judgment and it had nothing to do with Jesus coming back. That wipes out a whole I'm, lot of scripture. And yeah. once again, it is to show we are in, he is in our immediate presence now and has been. See, all of this in particular brings everything into, into context here to show that really and truly, and I just, I just want to leave this as my final thought. If we consider all of this and we get past the whole idea that um, this coming is somebody appearing in the sky and not that the presence of God is eliminating the knowledge of good and evil, then what is happening here is that as a believer, you have to wake up to the fact that you have a responsibility to be ecclesia. And ecclesia in the Old New Testament 
was equivalent to the divine council of the old. Believers today are supposed to be the, the same priests that in covenant took on the identity of God and angels that, that visited Abraham on the plains of Mamre. Those priests, priests of Yahweh, were the people that will go throughout the nations and represent justice and stop nations that are oppressing others. Right now, the Ecclesia is supposed to be doing that. The same gospel that was preached to, to, to Abraham, the same way those priests were functioning there, we are priests in the New Testament. We are sons. Sons are priests and priests are sons. And the Ecclesia is supposed to be the body of persons that are supposed to be representing justice in the earth. So you see all of this nation oppressing nation business going on here? The only reason it's happening is because the believers are now waiting for a rescue mission. When they're supposed to be the ones judging the earth. Psalm 82. Arise Elohim and judge the earth. Amen. That's my final thought. <laughs> Be blessed. Be healed. And be a blessing. Boom. <laughs> <laughs>